Navigating the Soul's Journey with Alin Reed, Discovering Woo-manity. Immerse in an enlightening conversation with Alin Reed, the visionary behind Woo-manity. Aline has traversed the business landscape from paper napkin startups to Fortune 500 companies, discovering that business is deeply personal and success often uncovers an internal disconnect. If you have it all but feel like something's missing, this discussion might hold the key. Aline steps into lives to build soul dialogue offering practical tools that empower individuals to foster growth. This is soul literacy. Don't miss this opportunity to learn from Dr. Fury herself. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me introduce you to our guest. I want to share a little bit more about her. Alin Reed, a U.S.-based facilitator and producer, is dedicated to leadership development via her platform, Woo-manity. She aims to build soul literacy in humanity using her understanding of ideas, individual motivations, and cultures. Her notable achievements include being the first Filipina to submit Summit Mount Kilimanjaro. I said that incorrectly. Summit, producing the movie Witchman and founding the Forbes recognized Secret Knock Conference for Entrepreneurs. As Dr. Fury, Aline collects friends with unique abilities and is often found among great. Minds. I am so pleased to help welcome to our stage today, Aline. Good. Good afternoon. Thank you for Thank having you, me here, April, to your and uh, to your wellness-driven live show. It's an honor. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I am so excited and thrilled to jump into some of your wisdom. I've had a conversation with you in the past, and my gosh, you have been on this beautiful journey of life to have such a greater understanding that most of us don't have yet. And so this is going to be an exciting conversation. And let's start by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you. Well, I am basically here to, as you mentioned, raise soul literacy in humanity. That is bleeds through everything that I do and agree to do. And I, and I surround myself with people who are about that life in some shape or form. And so that's all it is. Everything to do with the soul, I'm, I'm all about. 
Well, of course, I love that because I think that because we're these energetic beings, right? We're so much more than just this physical realm. We've had a lot of discussions more and more about that on the Wellness Driven Life Show. So I'm so pleased to bring your light to the show. Now, that said, Aline, has this been something that has been at the forefront of your life from the get-go? Has spirituality always been something that you have deeply known or is this something that traveled in, you know, throughout life's difficulties to find a different awareness of it? I would say no, not until recently, not in this articulated in this way, but life itself has definitely been dealing me that hand. <laughs> I was born into, uh, I'm not from here. I'm an immigrant and uh, where I come from in the Philippines, you know, the disciplines are quite interrelated with each other. So spirituality is not isolated from medicine or healing or nutrition or religion even. And so, you know, you would not, it would not be unusual for a, he, a priest to refer you to a healer and a doctor to refer you to a healer. Like all of these things are intertwined and we, uh, and it's a basic understanding that like we have multiple facets to us. And so when I came here and had um, basically been in survival mode, you know, my mother came here with three boxes and a hundred dollars with three kids. Uh, and that was it and go right. Survive. Uh, those things kind of fell to the wayside. Uh, and, you know, of course the typical immigrant um, MO is to survive, get, get an education, do well, excel, excel, excel which I did. <laughs> but along the way, you know, I had two near deaths. Uh, I, there were these little things that occurred that that flagged me into the uh, notion that there, we are beyond our physical bodies. We are beyond our thoughts. We are beyond our feelings. And it's one, it's the, this beyond is called the soul. And it's the foundation of our existence. And we never talk about it. We're highly uneducated about it. And because of it, there's a lot of byproduct, which is overtaxed minds, um, hence the rise in, um, in, you know, mental health issues, uh, bodies where we are out of touch with because we don't have the soul acting in its proper position of being captain of this life. And so, uh, so long, long story short, you know, have always been able to articulate that. No, I didn't know that was not common. Like I would always see souls whenever I was born soon, soon. I mean, for all my life, really, um, even when I became a business person, part of why I excelled in it was because I could hear beyond the words coming out of someone's mouth, but I didn't know that's not normal. Mm. So it took the articulation of it being the soul that took time. But as far as life goes, it was always what was is, I suppose, is the better way to say it. It always oh, yeah, is. There's, yeah, there's so many different directions I could go with this because I'd be curious to know what it was like for you when you had those instances of realization that not everybody else was hearing and seeing and knowing what you knew, you know, when you come from a culture where this is the common practice of this is just a, a knowing and understanding of this aspect of ourselves and coming to, you know, something totally different where people are not 
in tune with that, not on board with that, just totally unaware, uh, which is why you've conducted your entire business surrounding this to really help bridge that gap of awareness and understanding that, yes, uh, by the way, people, we are, uh, you know, we are these beings that has a soul <laughs> and really let's lead with the forefront that that comes first. And so I would love to know if like, what were those experiences like when you first realized um, or maybe even felt a little different because mm -hmm. other people, it's, it's almost like, well, you did, you were in a different country, but it's, that was going to be like what I would relate to. It's like going to a totally different world, right? A different planet where you're not speaking the same language, but yet it's the same language. Correct. So I would say that uh, those instances had the effect of demystifying why I felt always so different mm -hmm. or why everyone felt so slow to me or the world feels so slow. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> why, uh, why I would see people act in a way like, how come you didn't see that coming? I did. I, you know what I mean? And I don't live your life and I saw it coming. So that sort of impatience that I would have, that mm -hmm. was eternal impatience that and, and frustration I would always have in me because I didn't, I just had the extra information, if you will, extra data that I was capable of seeing or, or listening to that, not that other people don't, everyone's born with this capacity. It just gets numbed down by yeah. lack of acknowledgement, lack of education. Uh, it's not something we're taught about at school. I often joke that, you know, um, that song, like this is a, this, like that song, uh, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. It should have been soul, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. You know, we don't, we don't even acknowledge it as a, as mm -hmm. a body part. <laughs> and it is very much part of us. It, it's pretty much, it's not biological in in its uh, as an organ, but it is very much an organ with its own systems and its own anatomy and its own capacities. And yeah. so, you know, uh, I would say to your question about what is an instance like, I would name one. Uh, I had almost drowned when I was eleven. I suppose same age as my son now. I came here. Um, I didn't. I went to a pool party. I didn't know pools were deep. I all the pools I'd ever been in, where I came from, I was able to stand and like be like chest high, you know, like the water. And so this pool party was a church function. It was after church, and I went down to slide, and it was like a, I don't know, thirteen or fifteen foot deep. I didn't know how to swim, so. Uh, I was drowning and I would, I saw myself suffering, like my body struggling to come up for air. But then there was me like looking at my body and I was, I felt nothing. I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel the struggle of like a lack of oxygen. And, and I was like, well, if I'm over there, but I'm over here, huh? <laughs> and sort of, uh, there's this voice that's that I heard this voice and asked a question was, well, are you staying or are you going? And before I even, before I even finished that going, I was, there was a priest actually that noticed that I wasn't coming up and he pulled me out. So that I would say. You didn't even get to answer yourself. What's that? Or tell yourself. You just came yeah. back. 
I just, he pulled me out of the pool. So that was the answer, I guess. I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, that was 11. And I really had never thought about that situation for a long time until uh, well into my adulthood, you know, being pregnant and having my, my son. And then going, oh, okay, I, I'm raising a different creature here than normal. And I don't have any manuals to work with, you know, like, I remember Googling in the middle of the night because someone had clued me in that, um, you know, your, your, your son has these talents. And um, I was like, great, what do I, what do I do? You know, and they're like, well, you know, it's hereditary. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't come from dad. And I was like, Oh, you know, (laughs) and I remember Googling in the middle of the night, how to raise a medium, how to raise, there's no such books. (laughs) There's not. You could write one, Aline. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going, well, what am I doing? You know, I'm breastfeeding in the middle of the night, Googling how to parent a, (laughs) it's not that. So, uh, so yeah, I would say that you know, I didn't, when it occurred, I didn't think anything of it at 11 for a long time. I didn't. And then it kind of like later on 20 years later, I think I had my son when I was 30 or 29, right. Almost 20 years later. Then I was like, Oh wait, is that what I'm dealing with? Is this mechanism? And it was, you know, it's amazing how, when we're, we're children, we're so much more connected still. And we have those instances of sight in some form or capacity. I mean, maybe not all of us. I know I had a few when I was younger. And I remember being shut down by adults, uh, you know, being called devil child or what have you, because you have these premonitions and you voice it because you're a child. And it's, it's just not accepted because it's not known or understood. And there's a lot of science and research behind that, you know, why uh, uh, people and animals, they're they're drawn to things that they understand or things that look like them, right? It's like this mirror. And so they feel comfortable with that. And when we're faced with things that are not alike and that are unknown, we become very uncomfortable and then we react in certain ways. And sometimes those reactions are not friendly and they're not, they're painful, right? Um, and, and then it's interesting, too, about memories, right, and how they resurface at the strangest times as adults. And then we have this kind of understanding or recognition of, oh, you know, I, I, that's amazing that that happened at that point in my life. And now I see how that fits into the puzzle of this journey called life. So this thing with the soul is the main anchor. Hence, we can have memories. It's a giant database as one of its functions. And it not only holds memories that your mind can remember, but the ones it can't remember, the ones that your cell holds, because your cells were a proliferation or an outgrowth of both your parent cells, which are their cells were all grown from their parent cells. So this is what I'm literally Uh, understanding uh, and defining as cellular memory. And what you have cellularly as a memory, your mind cannot usually articulate. It it expresses itself perhaps as reactions or feeling about something, a situation that looked like uh, something it has engaged with before. But 
the soul is capable of adapting to these things, whereas the mental system may not necessarily. And so this is where uh, a lot of people get locked out with their tools because most of the tools out there are all mental health tools and the mind is already tired. And so when we use nervous systems tools, and I'm not saying don't use them, I say use them, but use the relaxing ones so that the, <laughs> the soul can be the one who has a shot at being heard because uh, the soul is very uh, sensitive to allow, you know, the physical body. And, and in essence, it really doesn't even know how to be in a human reality, right? Uh, so it really defers to that existence. But um, really, we will just get lost in spiritual tactics and spiritual methods uh, uh, unless you first understand that all of this is done through the soul and when you have that you don't get lost okay yeah. you have a place where you're anchoring it from because i see people who are great you know they understand you know limiting beliefs and nervous system this and nervous system that but i'm like you looks you still look lost you have not engaged your soul you have not given it the captain's seat and it has to be given the captain's seat because we're all conditioned as a as a population um because of history we are conditioned to be in fight or flight. And that means it's the nerve, the brain is in charge. And yeah. so when that is disengaged, that's when there's room for the soul. Uh, now, the next iteration of that is not having to wait for the brain to be disengaged or neutralized out of the, any kind of those states uh, and still be uh captain still have the soul be captain so you know that's that's we're really at the forefront of this as adults kids not so much <laughs> they're they're in it some of these new ones new generations they're yeah. pretty much full led you know and so uh we are we're we're grinding at our illiteracy around that and being able to uh be able to support them and nurture them without shutting them down the way we, the way we were, you know, right? Yeah, and that's the those automatic response based on what we were taught. I mean, I think it's up to age seven where, mm -hmm. you know, would finally start coming. Well, I shouldn't say finally. At you know, up until age seven, we're we're in that more unconscious aspect of ourselves, right? And we're just soaking in information. It's the computer programming, getting all of the programming, and then after age seven. Now we start to respond based on those programmings and, and that's the continuous loop, right? And it's very difficult to come out of that when that's exactly what you've been experiencing until you enter into adulthood and start coming into more understanding to acknowledge, oh, this is what's happening to me. Those people like you coming onto the show, explaining that to the audience that this is actually how the body is reacting, that you know, the body is a robot controlled by the mind. And now that we know this, but I love the way, Aline, that you talk about spirituality being, you know, the captain that should be navigating us through the course of this life. And I think that's such a beautiful way to put it. Uh, the acronym that I use for our business, it's one of them. There's many, of course, as, as we as business owners have many of them, right? Well, SIP, Life slowly is it, and it's spiritual, intellectual, and physical. 
And the reason it's in that order, not only because it sounds good, but because it legitimately is intentional to be that way. If it was the other way around, nobody wants to piss on themselves, right? And so it doesn't make sense for the physical to come first. It's always going to be spirituality at the forefront to really navigate us. Yep. Agreed. And so that's the navigation that we are all very new about. Uh, because all the navigation we know are all nervous system navigations, mental health, mental system navigations, not soul navigations. And how you'll know is, you know, do you have, are you using talents that are not considered conventional? Are you able to make decisions when you don't know what is in front of you? You don't know all the steps. You are you are working with a different set of data that says go forward. You know, you know how to work with light and heavy. Despite appearances, can you move forward? Because something in you, the soul, not in you, but just the soul is, you. <laughs> is you. <laughs> because it leads you, all of the appearances and the politics and the and the gut feelings those are still secondary to the to the soul direction the soul mm. direction. you know a lot of folks uh think okay well intuition is um gut well it's not it's actually separate it's a higher intelligence it's a different kind of intelligence. Actually, we'd like to remove hierarchy. It's just a different intelligence. It's intuitive intelligence. Your gut is not necessarily intuitive. Your gut is conditioned by what you ate and the feelings that were in that that you have already lived through. Mm. And so it activates when it sees a bunch of data points where it's looking like a situation or a personality or a characteristic that it has already seen. And then you'll have that chemical reaction and a physical gut sensation. It's nothing intuitive about that. It's simply conditioned. It's a chemistry. Okay. And so, you know, it's not even that either. And so we just want to clarify that because people are quick to, our mind loves to use heuristics and shortenings, right? We deal with a lot of data at the same, uh, all at once. So it'll immediately want to fit certain things in into something it already understands or can reference. So that's why I'm bringing it up. It's not gut instinct either, okay? Because the soul could care less what you think about anything or that you have a reference about anything. It's highly objective, agnostic to your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and what you've gone through. It is. It will still lead you to where you are meant to go. And that's the problem. You don't remember where you're meant to go. Our mental system doesn't remember. We walk that river of forgetness, you know, when we are born. But it remembers. <laughs> yeah. You know, we hear so many different ideas on this as well. And, you know, one one aspect is that we came here to experience in this physical realm thoughts and emotions and all of those things because in the spiritual realm we don't we don't have that everything just is like magic and it comes like this and and we don't have the feelings and you know it's 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 of course very difficult for me to comprehend because like you said, I don't come here remembering 
not all of us do. Some of it may be getting those bits and pieces, right? And the clairvoyancy, et cetera. But it's, it's this concept that's a little difficult to understand. And especially when we're here and we're experiencing the trials and difficulties of life, because there's all of those things to experience, all of those different vibrations and frequencies of emotions and energies, which a lot of them are not pleasant. And we ask ourselves, why on earth would I come here to experience these feelings because it doesn't feel good. And so it's a difficult thing to understand and to wrap our heads around that and to even accept it as a truth. Yes. And it is one of the biggest hurdles for, uh, for people to get into this work because you know what, it doesn't mean that the thoughts and feelings and ideologies you have are irrelevant. They're very much real, but we don't have, we in, and this is part of the work I do and is not, it's not meant to be discarded. It's all data and it's supposed to be fed onto the soul so that the soul can go, okay, uh, there's the thoughts and feelings about this situation and it will have the foresight to go, but, but this is the direction we're in. You know, it will still give you the comfort of you're meant to be doing this or not to be meant to be doing this, not because of your feelings, thoughts and emotions in isolation, but in the grand scheme of things. And so <clears throat> and so that's one mechanism. Now, the second part would be uh, around uh, uh, originality, creativity, authenticity. So when we have the thoughts, feelings, emotions, it's usually a heads up to the soul like, hey, there's this thing to deal with. And its job is to come in and help you transmute it because usually it's around an unidentified pattern, whether in this lifetime or maybe perhaps in the memories of your ancestors through your cells that is becoming activated and it needs to be transmuted, resolved so that then you can see the next step. Okay. Yeah, it's so, like a giant video game. We have to keep moving through these yes. levels. And those levels are emotions. Yes. <laughs> and so that it's so I often say this is a game. Yeah. And it's one played by the soul. But yeah. we are like we're missing that token and we're sort of running around this game without like a uh without anybody at the controls. But we have yeah. the little avatar in there, which is our this right right but as far as the remote control you know somebody's doing this right when you're playing video games the soul is like <laughs> right <laughs> so that is literally just one of the most almost practically mirrored mechanism going on yes yeah in this life i, I think uh yeah, I think Dr. Joe Spenza talks about that a lot, about how, you know, when we step into this 3D world, you know, and put the virtual uh, headset on, and, and that's kind of what life is. And I think that when we talk about spirituality, it's, I mean, what is the end goal, right? It's to really blend in the physical to the spiritual and become this higher essence, this higher being, this more evolved self the true self and and what that looks like so you well know, the end goal is here i mean we have new generations that they cannot sustain living like we have our earth cannot sustain anymore living like we have like the end is the end goal is here in front of us we're paddling really quick and having to do that uh 
for, because uh, it's not going to be about who's doing it better as much as could we all uh, make ourselves more uh, dimensional in the way we function. Because, you know, spirituality doesn't mean we ditch uh, the desires of man. It means that we're living with it and we're living with it very well. Uh, without forsaking the physicality, without forsaking thoughts, without forsaking feelings. You know, it doesn't mean you chuck feelings and thoughts right. out the window. You know, you can have the nice things and still be patched into the divinity. That's because we're omni-talented. We are omnipresent. We are omni-capable. So it's not about being just a completely spiritual person, but also doing it in this life, doing very well with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to move into our first commercial, commercial, uh, Aline. And when we get back, I'm, I'm excited to continue on this conversation. I have a lot more thoughts and uh, ideas. So stay tuned. Sure. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with a magical, mystical Aline Reed, and I am so excited to have you here on the show. We're having a great discussion about uh, our soulful selves, and you have really geared your entire uh, gift to humanity uh, around this, really helping people tune into what it is to tap into that side of ourselves, which is always with us. It is us, right? And, you, you know, I've, I've talked to many people about uh, 
these sort of topics. And something that I wanted to mention, so I'm going to go back a little bit earlier on in the discussion where you mentioned a frustration. And I loved that you used that word because I think that that can be really the feeling of when we feel like we have this greater understanding or we might have stepped up a little bit in, in, in evolving. And then when we see our fellow humans that don't understand, don't have any idea, it's difficult to communicate, or we have to try to use words that might make sense in order to comprehend. And frustration is that word. And so when I had a discussion with uh, Robert Coxon, who is a, a brilliant composer, I, I asked him about that. I said, you know, am I just not as evolved as I thought? Or maybe I haven't got to the coherence level that I, I thought maybe I did because Robert, I get so frustrated with people. What does that mean? Does that mean that I'm just like not advanced and like I'm just still and he his his what he said to me, Aline, was do you think that Jesus got frustrated, April? So I think that that's an interesting thing to to ponder, right? When we think about Jesus or the ascending masters, et cetera, and how Yes, they too get frustrated. Yes, you too get frustrated. And so what I think and what I'd love to talk about and tap into is your the business that you've conducted, the way that you lead people. How do you communicate with others when they don't have as much of an understanding? So I am very respectful when they don't have an understanding. Part of the, uh, the frustration I would have, right, that would occur in my pre my younger years, especially just eternal frustration, <laughs> was because one, I didn't know what was happening. Now, the second was that the judgment I have of my of them not being evolved enough, mm. and then when I started to see beyond how they're reacting and seeing them as a continuum of consciousness that they are each person is are where they are like i started to once i accepted mm -hmm. this thing called the soul and really allowing it to really run the show i began to see people beyond their physical bodies and even the words that come out of their mouth and even the actions that they take i started to see as a continuum and it would just really make sense where they're at where I'm like, actually, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be doing that. Okay, I got it. And it's just really up to me to be there or not be there if it was, it was, uh, you know, in conjunction to what I'm trying to do. And so I would say I've had a different kind of level or not level, but a different kind of respect, one that isn't isn't taught to me it was something i had to discover for myself you know how do you know you, i don't think any of the adults around me could explain like the most about respect is around elder authority uh you know uh bodily agency you know bad words good words it's like this very literal stuff right um but when i started to see everyone as a continuum and everyone has their own evolution path and phase mm -hmm. and speed <laughs> and that I too did not like to be hurried. I too did not like to, uh, yeah. 
you know, hurry myself or slow myself down, that everyone can is entitled to the pace that they're at, whether they know or aware of it or not. And and that really I've not been emotional at all. I mean, I will still get frustrated like when it comes to uh, maybe dealings with my son. But even then, there's just such a major part. Like the soul is so steady. It doesn't do feelings so much. And so when actually I'm having an emotion, I'm like, oh, I'm having like something's happening, you know? (laughs) Because it really is so agnostic that I'm like, there's there's stuff that I know people will look around me and be like, wow, she's not upset. She's not frustrated. Because one, I'm predicting half of the stuff happening. And then two... (laughs) actually most of them um but to seeing how it's all playing out like i see it all as like a giant multiple plays all going at the same time mm. and, and in that i know where i'm free to assert what i need done or not or withdraw or come up with a different uh solution or arrangement altogether and i think that part is really fun where you're just like super creative yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it does. It does allow you freedom to be more creative and excited about, uh, you know, whatever possibilities come your way. And you, you talk about how it, you really came to this understanding. Forgiveness is a really hot topic lately uh, for, for that's been coming up in discussion. And I think really that forgiveness is that understanding. And when we come to the concept of that everybody is on their own journey. See, I came into that big awareness, Aline, when, with my children. Uh, because as a mom, I wanted so badly to protect to not let them have the experiences, the horrible experiences that can happen to us as human beings. You know, let's just call me a helicopter mom, right? I'm like, I want to protect you. That is my job, you know, as, as your parent. And when the times came that it was completely out of my control, that I could not be there with them all of the time, um, you know, it was this understanding that because of that, they are they're on their own journey. If we if we shelter so much to not allow them to have their own experience in order for their soul to grow in the way that it needs to, you know, what what are we doing? How is that a benefit if we stifle that in them? And then it ventures out into strangers or perpetrators, you know, people who have done horrendous things to us and really being able to take ourselves out of that, look at it objectively with an understanding of this is what they have to experience. And, you know, I don't think that it's okay. And at the same time, it's none of my business. And and what is my business is how I respond based on the things that do happen to me. Yes. Uh, and I'm with you on that. I, I, I would say that, uh, I mean, I'm a tiger mom through and through, and I probably always will be. Uh, and in fact, I probably worse because now I've got this grasp of the soul, right? <laughs> so I'm not just going by uh, in smartness or are they treating my son well? Is, is, is his soul evolution being supported here or not? Right. Mm. And that's exactly where I'm at. I have an 11 year old who's extremely smart and not just like smart book smart. He's not 
like into that per se, but intuitively smart, intelligently smart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and emotional so intelligence, you emotionally know, intelligent. I mean, more than people who have been his teachers or guides. And so, you know, does it frustrate me? Yes. And yet there's also so much freedom for me. I'm like, well, I could start my own school. Like I see all these contradictions where, you know, like the school he's in is supposed to be child-led. Well, child-led means he's getting um, punished for missing a a weekly goal. Uh, uh, you know, he can't get a lunch and can't get out of his chair because he's missed a writing assignment. And yet uh, another child who will be physically aggressive has been able to stay in that school for three years. You know, um, there's all these hypocrisies going on in this school that was intended actually to be more of a progressive evolutionary, like that's why he's in that, right? Right. And even that they're tapping out because the person, the owner is so dense and that's just where she is in her evolution at the same time. And I'm not going to push it, but she she has gotten notice. She cannot treat my son certain ways. She has gotten notice of the, her trespasses. Like I will speak up at the same time. We are looking at options. If he doesn't want to go to school and deal with her, he doesn't go. If he like I, I and, you know, other parents have said to me, hey, um, yeah, that's that's the real world. Like you won't deal with people you like all the time. Like if you don't meet your goals, you won't eat. If you don't, and I'm like, okay, so you all were conditioned that it's okay to deal with crappy people. Uh, you think that like mm-hmm. your kids should learn from people who don't, he, who they don't like and trust and expect them to enjoy learning. Uh, you think, <laughs> you think that the only way that you're, that as adults, you can get anything is if you do something for someone not because your presence is valuable, who mm. you are is valuable, how you show up has value to someone. Aline, I am so excited to dive into this conversation <laughs> because, you know, this is, this is something I too have struggled with because I've been conditioned. And when yeah. we talk about our relationships with people and allowing because we have been taught to the societal standards of this is what we should be doing. And then what comes along with that is a whole snowball effect of identity crisis. We should be this, we should do that. We have to be around and take whatever it is. But, you know, and I've had a lot of discussions being on other platforms where I'm being interviewed and I've I've been called cold before because I say, no, we shouldn't be around the people and the things that bring us dissatisfaction and aren't taking us where we want to go. I've been held back in life so many times. I, I hate to count it because I thought and was in that conditional state of assuming that that is what I had to do. And, yeah. and I, I agree with you and I didn't, I didn't know, but I say that, no, we don't. And so an example that I gave, so you tell me, Aline, what you think, but I gave the example of, you know, when we are are said to be, you know, we're the sum of the five people that we hang around, right? Okay, let's give this for an instance. And, 
what you want that to be is the people who you aspire to be, right? The people who are leading and showing up the best way and they're more evolved and they're doing all the things, right? So, so these five people don't have to be your physical people, but they can be people in books. They can be historical figures. They could be whatever you want it to be, right? The mind ha is, has its, you know, unlimited. And um, I said, that being said, the people that you have to be around or you are around, you choose to be around. Let's give your mother, for instance, because everybody, most people know what it's like to have a mother. Now, let's just say that this mother, even though she's your mother, is one of the most negative people ever, right? Like, it's so difficult to be around them because they can't think positively or optimistically about anything. It's always this, this is their rant, right? This is their story that they're continuously playing and it's difficult to be around them. So because we are an adult now, and because we get the choice to not have to be around that all the time, that's why there's holidays. <laughs> you know, I, that's why we get to make our own money to live in a separate household. And and so then uh, I was called, well, don't you think that that is cold, that you're being cold to that scenario? And I said, absolutely not. Do you think that a CEO or a business owner, an executive level is going to say yes to every meeting? No, they're going to say no to the meetings that aren't, you know, to the people that aren't going in the direction that they need to go in order to meet the demands that they envision for their company. And so uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I don't fault cold being a, a fault. <laughs> I don't sign, <laughs> assign it as a fault, if that makes sense. It's somebody's read on you, which I totally understand. I have been call, called cold, uh, cold many times, which is really, really funny to me. <laughs> than a negative. Um, with the examples you brought up, I live, you know, I actually do have a mo mother who people, I mean, my siblings count as difficult. Most of the ones, people who have known me a long time know how difficult it can get. And yet, um, for all the things, like I almost got deported because of her, I, because she wouldn't list me as one of her children. Which got naturalized. Like I almost lost a scholarship for college. I, I, I so I mean it's countless. There's so many, so many things, and and yet um, I don't um, I don't fault her for these things if that makes. And that's the part yeah. that people really like can't right. grasp with me. People assume I'm mad. Oh, you're mad. Oh, you, you must hate her. I'm like actually I don't. Yeah, it's just I'm crazy. Actually welcome to my house. Like, you know, I, I remember my son, when he was younger, he spent like an hour with her at the playground and came home and saying he wanted to die. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And it took me a minute to figure out that it was even that circum, you know, that instance, um, I had to dig it out of him where, where it was coming out from. And so, you know, this is not a particularly easy person to be with by any standards, right? Uh, and so we don't talk often but I actually don't have any illness around me about her because I accept like the continuum of her life and how it fits into mine. I chose her as a mother. <laughs> yeah. That's the other strange concept, right? When we choose, and that, uh, you know, you know, family dynamics are some of the most interesting because yes. you know, I think it's quite rare 
and I don't know the stats on it and, yeah. and I don't think anybody ever really could, but I don't think that we, we join into to family and bloodlines where it, it all works out beautifully, right? Where everybody gets along. I mean, there's a lot of contrast and there's a lot of, I think because of that, we, we do grow in the way that we do because we're, we're met usually pretty right away with, with these contrasts that we have to meet and learn how to navigate around. Well, it's not definitely ideal for our humanness, our mental, like what would be ideal, our humanity that wants it to be the ideal. No. But if you look at it, if you pull back and zoom out on the soul side, they are doing exactly what you wanted them to do. Oh. <laughs> How it plays out here. Yes, it sucks. <laughs> but I fully expect a high five when we both exit out of this game from my mother. Like, hey, we did both a good job. You know, like you told me to do that. I'm like, you're right. I told you to do that. Oh, that's yep. cool. That's a, cool way. that's a really cool way to look at it. You know, I expect a high five by the time we're all said and done. You know, and that and that paints a totally different picture on, you know, what we consider right and wrong, good and bad. You know, I mean, there's such a debate on that, right? Because, um, you know, and, and we all come to these conclusions of what we believe to be such. And I mean, full blown out wars are, are after those beliefs and what we believe and not. So um, I had a comment come in, Manly says, could that be considered humanity? humanity? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Hysterical. Mm. It is humanity. It's true. Who are we dealing with? Are we dealing with the soul? Are we dealing with the who in front of us oh, man. <laughs> because even without the soul there's already so many aspects in the nervous system right the the, the judger in there and the little the the inner teenager the inner child like there's all these aspects in there and that's just not even patching into the soul yet so <laughs> yes it's a game of who <laughs> wow yeah and you know constantly on the search of self and and who we are uh, as as beings, and where we're trying to to go. So that said, Aline, would you share with us a little bit about the things that you're creating, things that you're doing? What yeah. is womanity to you? How did you come into this concept? I actually, uh, I I did not create it. It was something that I'm simply an instrument of. Okay, the entire. The entire thing about soul literacy as a mission, I am just an instrument of it. And it just, it actually came in um, at like four in the morning and I sat up and I was like, okay, it's called Womanity. But I struggled with names before that. You know, it was uh, many others. I also resisted the mission, just like any other person. Uh, I did not want to be doing spiritual education, if you will, or much less soul literacy and energy and healing and all this kind of stuff. I am, uh, I love the game of success in business. You know, I created Secret Knock to bring all kinds of life of people together for content and community, you know, uh, and so uh, actually this- and That was hugely successful, right? Yes, yes. And it continues have to be. 
Yes, yes, yes. It was. Uh, we have one coming up in March. I run the women's one in in June, and so uh, I love that. I do. And so for me to then be thrown into the other side of the spectrum by life, I literally heard a voice. Uh, in uh, I was like on the bottom, you know, like having one of those dark night of the souls uh, during. Uh, the split with my my son's father and business partner, who I co-created Secret Knock with. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> I hear a voice, you know, this whisper of like, you're going to do this or we're going to take you out. And I was like, who said that? Who's me and who's taking me out and do what exactly? You know, and so that was the beginning of the unfolding of this thing. And, and a long resistance. I don't I didn't want to. And sometimes I wake up, I'm like, I don't. I don't want to be doing this. Pick somebody else, God, you know, <laughs> but it comes back. And then I hear some kind of laughter in the ether and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll keep going. Um, I mean, what is it about not wanting to do it for you? Like, <laughs> what, what is it that you're resistant with? It's my mental, like my, like every ego, every ego knows the pattern. I know that when I help people with their business, they do well. I can rely on that. Mm. That's all my mind wants. This other stuff, don't know how it's going to result. It has mixed, right? People yeah. don't want to dig up their stuff. They don't want to have to learn something new. They don't. Uh, da, 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 da. There's so many unknowns with this. And so right. that, yeah. that no. is a resistance. You know, and I think I was sharing with you a little bit uh, before we aired that initially the show, I, I, I wanted, there's a main message, which really goes into the spiritual aspect of ourself, which is we're really concentrating on that more this year. But we've had so many interviews with people across different walks of life because of just that, you know, it's, it, you're, you're kind of putting yourself in a box. There's a lot of unknowns. You don't know what, what people will accept and what they won't, who and how do we communicate it with, right? The things that we do know and that we do want to portray. And so I, I'm fully aware of that. And not only that, another part of the unknown is, is it going to put food on the table? Now you have a son and, you know, there's, there's more than just yourself to provide for. And like you said, the ego piece where, well, I'm really good at this business piece. I know that I'm going to succeed with that. And this other piece, like, but I'm called to. Yep, absolutely. And so I've also realized you can bargain with God. <laughs> People are, you know, there's that saying of like, oh, you know, they sold their soul to the devil. I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, a negotiation is possible on all sides. <laughs> this is where the business side comes in, right? <laughs> and I'd said, I'd said to the universe, God, whatever, however you, you relate to the divinity and to the universal intelligence, I was like, well, I suppose I'll be willing to do this, but I will not be doing it poor, stinky, and homeless. So with that said, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, and it was like, you know, I felt my body settle down and I was like, all right, I guess there's an agreement somewhere that was, that was received. <laughs> it was heard. And so now that you have entered into this agreement, Mm -hmm. And you are following the guidance of this is what I'm supposed to step into now. How has that been going for you? Amazing. I've never felt so at peace with yes. everything. Like it's like a feeling of coming home. Um, I've taken people, several 
clients. I, I've only been doing one-on-ones uh, through the same thing, engaging with their soul, living from their soul. They report the same, just a, a, this, the peace of mind. And for what is unknown, they have a process, a, a soul operating system process uh, that they can work through. It has allowed me to bring the world of frequency into the 3D by way of art and by way of sound and song as a facilitation. Uh, there, I've helped people wake up their hands to their own talents, talents they didn't know they could do, remind them of them uh, if it was forgotten. And it's really been beautiful how it's how it's evolved. I've also figured out that there's thing that the matrix is real and I figured it out. And I also teach that it's called the game of life. I teach that once a month. And we, we literally in this reality, in the concrete earth, the real, you know, 3D reality are only given three uh, are given one portion of the reality. And there's actually two more. And so in that I show um, how it all works together and open up all the moves available to somebody, whether it's business or kids or, I mean, it literally encompasses cradle to grave life events. And so it's really allowed me to push beyond, you know, because business really wasn't going to provide me much growth intellectually or spiritually, you know, yes, I can help people succeed. And yes, I can help somebody get their thing. And yes, I can make more money, but like, okay, is the game of more really all there is? Like, it's just so boring after a while. Um, and so that's where uh, it has it has gone for me. I'm out of the game of bigger or more or better. You know, it's about the game of possibility. It's just a matter of me deciding about it and sharing as as what I'm finding out as fast as possible to as many people as possible as I can, as they're ready for. So it's been great. Been fun. My goodness, <laughs> like uncovering the matrix. My gosh, we should have been talking about that on this show. But <laughs> I think that's incredible, Aline, that, that you really are bringing so many incredible concepts to others. And like you said, it's the possibilities and walking straight into the unknown. So very, very cool. Uh, that said, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you. So www. You know what? Before we go into that, actually, yeah. despite all of that, I would say the most rewarding is when uh, I see how kids react to it. There's like uh, a couple of kids that my son knows who are like very difficult, like to be with. They've can they've. I, I mean, one is physically has set like two teachers to the hospitals and like you, you know, they like parents are sort of like, don't know what to do. Yeah. Can't let them out of our sight. Can't be in schools. But like when I see that an experience that his son can spend a whole day with me for hours and like be totally fine. I laugh my butt off the entire time. Like it's more things like that. That is really, I'm like, okay, this is a thing we're on. To, I'm onto something here because I can make it work for anyone, but you know, if it works for the newer generations, then I know it can sustain. And so anyway, go ahead. No, Sorry. I love that. So that's really walking into the evidence. It's the reassurance that you are on the right path, that what you feel that you have come to the understanding of is is being represented as as truth with what you're experiencing 
with how children are reacting with, with people in general and how they're understanding it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is awesome. So I can be found definitely on womanity.com. I can, can also Google my name. Super easy. It's Ellen Reed. Uh, and so generally I respond between 24 to 48 hours uh, unless I'm at um, one of the secret knock events. It'll probably be a week. <laughs> I get like a hangover after being around a lot of people. So it takes oh, me a little bit. Why do you say that? Because I, I feel that way too. It's a, it takes an immense amount of energy to be around a lot yes. of people. Yes, because it's not just like, say it's 300 people in a room, that could be thousands of people energetically, you know, everyone carries all their whatever oh. that they do. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, when you say it that way, holy geez, that it certainly does intensify. I guess that makes a lot of sense, though, because uh, I don't know if I'm just super sensitive, but I, yeah, I, I like how you said that and how you mentioned that, that you're you're pretty drained after that, you know, and and it just makes a lot of sense to me. All the radars are on. So, you know, we have our five senses, right? And so those five senses have an equivalent of the clear editions of them. And then in that realm, the clear realm, there are more talents beyond the clear audience and the clear all of that. So all of those radars are on. Like literally, like the power is on on all of them besides sight, see, touch, and taste and smell. And so, you know bringing yeah but also you're like literally working like all your senses are on so that's that's partly why <laughs> not that there people are necessarily sucking your energy off as much as like all your gears are on that's yeah 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 great way to to say it uh, i was gonna bring this comment uh matrix returning yeah. guest yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes it's a, it's a three by three matrix I actually help people build it uh as uh, they go that's, that's, that's cool. what the class does. Yeah. They build yeah. it. Yeah. Learning all the pieces, knowing the moves and how to play is, is really an essential piece, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Understanding the game board. Exactly. Ah, uh, awesome. Uh, well, Aline, you have been such a beautiful guest. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us at the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? My last thing is that the future is woo. It's the evolution of artificial intelligence is making everybody nervous. And it only is making you nervous because you don't have a grasp of your authentic intelligence. And that is what is the core function of the soul. The future is woo. Figure out your woo. Figure out your soul. How to work with it. Live in it. Be in it. Breathe it. Sleep with it. Wake up with it. Create with it. Be authentic with it. Originate from it. And AI will always be secondary to that authentic intelligence. Man, that's a powerhouse of an ending. I loved it. <laughs> I love that, Aline. You you are nothing short of extraordinary. You've brought a very beautiful authentic, intelligent conversation here to the show. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. It's really, really a deep honor for me. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you so much to our audience and our, you know, without you, the show certainly wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye for now. And we will see you next time.